22nd through June 29, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner, and glad to have you here on Main Menu today. Whether you're a new listener or a returning listener, we are glad to have you with us here on Main Menu and welcome your comments. We'll be telling you later on down the line today uh, how you can contact us and let us know what you think about Main Menu and make suggestions about things that you'd like to hear on main menu that maybe we haven't covered and you'd like to hear us cover. So please take advantage of those opportunities to contact us. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like to talk to you and there's plenty of ways that you can do that. I want to real quickly make a special announcement to those of you listening in the Minneapolis, St. Paul and Metropolitan Twin Cities area. We are broadcasting our last program in the Twin Cities on the analog radio that you've been using. This coming Monday, we switch over from analog to digital, and you will need to be listening to us next week to hear Main Menu on your new digital radio. If you don't have one yet, you can get one quite easily. All you need to do is call State Services for the Blind at area code 651 number 6420500 ask for the communication center and put in your request for a new radio and they will get one right out to you those of you who have already gotten your radio sometime during the past month and a half uh, we'll be glad to know that that radio will go active next Monday afternoon. The switch will be flipped next Monday afternoon, the 25th of June, and the analog radio will be no more, and you will now be listening to us in digital, and you will need to be listening on the new digital radio. At this time, there will only be the one main channel. Somewhere down the line in the next year, there will probably be alternative content also on the second channel on your new digital radio. But I wanted to let you know that because if you haven't gotten that new radio and you hadn't heard that the Twin Cities will be going digital next week, you need to be calling State Services for the Blind next week and getting that set up so you have your radio. And as soon as you call them and request that radio, they will get it right out to you rather quickly. And so, sorry about that for you, the people who are listening from other places, but we wanted to make sure that the people in the Twin Cities knew that because uh, the people in the Twin Cities who listen by Radio Talking Book through the Minnesota Radio Talking Book have been with us on Main Menu ever since back in October when Chase and I took over the hosting and uh, producing the Main Menu program. We also had the people from the Radio Talking Book Network and the Minnesota Radio Talking Book Network joined us on Main Menu. And so they now are going full digital. The rest of the state has already gone that way since uh, October. And now the end of the going digital for Minnesota Radio Talking Book is completed with the switching of the Twin Cities next Monday. 
the 25th. All right. Well, let's see. Coming up this week on Main Menu, we have Chase Crispin with a tech update, and he has a number of new things to talk about. And then I'm going to come along and give you some entry comments about the next presentation, which will be a presentation from Bill McCann. Some people call him William. I call him Bill because I've known Bill for quite a few years. Bill is from Dancing Dots, and Bill recently did a live presentation in the Twin Cities of the products from Dancing Dots, and we're going to hear part of that presentation on Main Menu today. Uh, the total presentation was about two and a half hours. We're going to hear about a half an hour of that presentation today, and we'll bring you other parts of that along later or on down the road as we have an opportunity to do that. But today we'll just hear about the main products of Dancing Dots and uh, we'll hear about some other products of theirs over the coming months in this summer. And so you be staying tuned for that. And then finally, David Woodbridge from Vision Australia is going to come along and he's going to demonstrate a very nice light probe app for your iOS device, whether it's your iPhone, iPad, or iTouch, iPod. And that is going to be our program for today. We do have a number of promos on this week's program. Part of the reason being to let you be advised again about the change in audio description of TV shows on the various networks around the country coming up very soon. Also to let ACB let you know about the leadership conference coming up at the ACB convention here in a couple of weeks. And Hey, if you are at the convention, please uh, look us up and let us know that you're around and say hello. And we will be more than happy to visit with you and talk with you about main menu or anything else you want to talk about as far as that's concerned. And then we also have a couple of main menu promos for you the, just to keep you up to date on what's going on with main menu. Let's get into the program now. You have a great day, and we'll see you back here again next week. On July 1st, 2012, Full Power affiliates of the top four commercial television broadcast networks, ABC, CBS, Fox and NBC located in the top 25 television markets must provide four hours per week of video described prime time and or children's programming. On July 1st, 2015, such affiliates serving the top 60 markets will provide video description with the same stipulation. On July 1st, 2012, cable and satellite providers with 50,000 or more subscribers must provide four hours per week video described prime time and or children's programming on each of the top five national non-broadcast networks. Currently, the top five non-broadcast networks are USA, Disney Channel, TNT, Nickelodeon, and TBS. By July 1, 2013, the Commission must initiate an inquiry on video description and report to Congress one year after initiating that inquiry. Not before two years after completing this report, the Commission may increase requirements 
by up to 75% from four to seven hours per week for televised video programming. The commission does not require, but expects that programmers, stations, and systems will provide information to viewers about the availability of video description on certain programs in an accessible manner, including on their websites and with companies that publish television listings information. Viewers may file complaints with the commission about a failure to comply with the video description rules by any reasonable means, such as by letter, fax, phone, email, or through the Commission's web portal, http www.fcc.gov forward slash complaints. ACB has been very involved in working to restore and increase described TV broadcasts. For more information, contact the American Council of the Blind National Office at one 800 424-8666. Welcome to Tech Update, a technology news segment heard on ACB Radio's main menu in Accessible Worlds Tech Talk. Hello, main menu in Tech Talk. This is Chase Crispin with the Tech Update for the week of June 18th, 2012. There has been a lot of interesting news this week. First up is the release of Kurzweil 1000 version 13. Kurzweil 1000, for those of you who don't know, is one of the most popular OCR solutions for scanning and reading printed text. It also lets you do a number of other things, including downloading books and many other things. New in Kurzweil 1000 version 13 is the ability to use many new voices, including the Microsoft Speech Platform voices that are very high quality. The ability to select which audio device you hear the Kurzweil speech on, updates to the scanning engine so that you get better quality scan results, support for reading and writing EPUB files that can be read on many devices, and support for the popular and mainstream Hovercam for capturing, recognizing, and reading text instead of using a scanner. Kurzweil 1013 is available now, so for upgrade and pricing info or to learn more, you can visit www.kurzweiledu.com. That's www.kurzweiledu.com. There has been rumors for months and months about Microsoft releasing their own tablet to compete with the iPad. With the support in Windows 8 for tablets, many people wondered if Microsoft would be releasing their own tablet. On Monday, June 18, 2012, Microsoft held an event that was only for the media, and they announced their new tablets to compete with the iPad, known as the Microsoft Surface. There are two versions of this tablet. One runs Windows RT and is just very, very slightly thicker than the iPad, but it has a bigger screen than the iPad, and it will weigh just over a pound. That version is powered by an ARM processor. The other model of the Microsoft Surface tablets runs Windows 8 Professional. It will have USB 3.0 ports, it will weigh almost 2 pounds, so this one's a little bit bigger, and it will run an Intel Ivy Bridge processor. Microsoft was very elusive with a lot of the details. We don't know an exact release date, we don't know pricing info, we don't know a screen resolution. We do know it will run Windows 8, we do know Microsoft Office is available on it, and we do know that the display has a kickstand, so if you want to watch a movie or just set it somewhere down and look at it, which will be very useful for people with low vision, it does have a kickstand. So these are going to be quite different than the iPad because they're going to basically be running Windows. However, they are bigger, they have more applications, and they have USB ports. So these are more of a computer with a touchscreen. Microsoft will be shipping a cover that also acts as a keyboard 
with it. These keys will be slightly raised and you can type on the cover of the device. So this is basically more of an advanced version of the smart cover for the iPad from Apple, but it does have a keyboard. Information will slowly be released over at Microsoft.com about these new tablets, but you might have more luck finding out all the available information by just doing a simple Google search or search with any of your favorite search engines for Microsoft Surface, and that's spelled just like it sounds, just like the normal Surface word, S-U-R-F-A-C-E, or if you get too many results there, Microsoft Surface Tablets. The first model, the RT model, or the more basic model, is going to start shipping shortly after the release of Windows 8. That is expected somewhere around October. And the other one running Windows 8 Professional that will have USB 3.0 and more will start shipping approximately 90 days after that. So keep an eye on Microsoft.com and all of your usual favorite mainstream technology sites for all of the updates, and I will be sure to keep this item in the news here on Tech Update. The last item I have today affects those of you who are Victor Reader Stream customers, and the Victor Reader Stream is made by Humanware. This is Humanware's portable digital talking book player and recorder for those of you who don't know. Humanware posted a maintenance release for the Victor Reader Stream. This is version 3.5.4. There are no new enhancements in this release. However, there are two bug fixes. The first one fixes an issue where a lot of the go-to commands, such as go to heading and those type of things, weren't working in text-only DAISY 3 books, which mainly affected books from bookshare.org. The other issue was that if you had the Victor Reader Stream CD accessory, you could only copy DAISY books from a CD. You could not copy MP3 books. Once you install this update, you can copy any type of book from a CD, including MP3 books. According to Humanware, you do not need to upgrade to version 3.5.4 if you are not having issues with your current Victor Reader stream if these two bugs don't affect you. If these bugs do affect you, you'll want to upgrade to version 3.5.4 for free by either downloading and installing the update to your stream from www.humanware.com or by downloading and installing the update using the free Humanware Companion application for your computer that allows you to send content over to your Victor Reader stream as well as update it. That's all I have for Tech Update this week, so this is Chase Crispin concluding the Tech Update for the week of June 18th, 2012 for Main Menu and Tech Talk. Thank you for listening to this week's Tech Update. If you have suggestions for next week's Tech Update, please email chase at acbradio.org. Hi, I'm Chase Crispin, the executive producer of Main Menu. I'm here today to invite you, the listener, to submit to Main Menu. Do you have an accessible game, appliance, piece of software, hardware device, or anything else that you would like to demo that you have not heard about here on Main Menu? If so, are you interested in submitting a review of this product to Main Menu? If so, please first email mainmenu at acbradio.org. In that email, make sure to tell us what you would like to cover for Main Menu. If this is a topic that we are interested in and has not been recently covered, we will be glad to have you submit this piece to the show. Begin to record your piece by eliminating all background noise, including TVs, radios, other people talking, loud fans, etc. If applicable, turn down the speech rate on the device that you are demoing. Once you have recorded your file, it is recommended that you edit the submission. If you can save your file in MP3 format, please encode your file at 128 kbps 
44.1 kHz stereo. If you must use another format, bit rate, or sampling rate, we can take care of the conversion for you. However, we recommend that you get your submission to us in the format previously mentioned. It is also recommended that you edit your piece. This may include editing out long pauses, mistakes, a lot of ums, or other fumble words. If you are not able to edit your piece but you feel it needs edited, please email us at mainmenu at acbradio.org and someone on the Main Menu production team can edit your submission for you. You can also contact the production team by visiting mainmenu.acbradio.org and clicking on the staff directory link. Once you have your file ready, please contact us at the email address previously mentioned and we will let you know how to get your submission to us, and we will also let you know when it will be able to be aired on the show. We appreciate your continued interest and support in ACB Radio's main menu, and we look forward to hearing you on the show. I just wanted to drop my can here just for a minute and mention to you that our next presentation is the Dancing Knots presentation. This was a live presentation given here in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis-St. Paul just about a month ago by Bill McKen from Dancing Dots. It was a live presentation. Unfortunately, we were not able to get all of our mics and everything set up ahead of time. And so there is some unfortunate noise uh, as the beginning of the presentation, and you will hear some background noise from some uh, background fans and so forth because it was a rather warm day that day. Hopefully, you will get a lot out of the presentation and the background noise won't bother you a whole lot. We've tried to edit that out as much as possible. Now, introducing dancing. So, I kept talking to people who were making Braille software and saying, why don't you make a Braille music translator? And they kept saying, yeah, that's a great idea. But they never did it. And so finally I said, maybe I have to do it. So I started what's now called Dancing Dots. Our first product is called Good Feel. And it, uh, it translates printed music into what we call a talking braille score. Um, so it's an accessible score. It can be braille, but it can also be speech and, and sound. Um, then uh, we found out the people that read braille music love that, but the people who don't, um, they still wanted to do a lot with music. We found a program called, at the time it was called Cakewalk Pro Audio. Now it's called Cakewalk Sonar. And we made some scripts to make a talk. And then in 1999, we connected with a very creative musician and teacher from Southern California, David Pinto. And he had made some scripts that we ended up marketing as Cake Talking for Sonar. Uh, the big difference with David's scripts was they're not just really great scripts to make Jaws do what you want it to do. They come with probably the equivalent of about 500 pages of tutorials written for the blind user. Uh, you know, it's not the usual click here and drag there. It's written for us. Um, so we, we got that product going. We published some books, some courses in Braille music. And uh, um, it's a course by a music educator and Braille music transcriber, Richard Tache, who's also from Southern California. We do a lot of training, we do a lot of presenting. Um, we try to do a lot of product development 
And our latest product is our first for low vision people called the Limelighter. It's a 23-inch uh, wide touchscreen that sits on a custom music stand and you connect it to a, it comes with a pedal and you can press the pedal and scroll the music so your hands are free to play your instrument. And it makes the music, the standard music, uh, up to 10 times the normal size. Again, <laughs> 20 years later, here we are, we're still doing it. Uh, we're based in suburban Philadelphia. Uh, we have customers all over this country, and I think we're up to 41 countries now. And um, uh, we've translated some of our products into Spanish and German, and we're working on a French version. We're going to talk about access to Braille notation, uh, or access to notation in print by a blind person. Let's start out with what we call Goodfeel. Goodfeel is a suite of software. The Goodfeel standard, when you order that product, you get Goodfeel, of course, which is our Braille Music Translator program, but you get a few other things. You'll get a program called SharpEye that scans print music and turns it into a digital form that you can import into another program that comes with a suite of software called Lime, just like Lemon and Lime. And Lime comes with scripts called Lime Allowed that help JAWS to verbalize the music sensibly for you and present it on your Braille display. And I will demonstrate this by scanning a piece of piano music. We'll listen to the computer play it back. We'll turn it into a, a talking Braille score and um, you'll kind of see how the process works. Um, we can do that. We can take print music and turn it into Braille. We can also take musical ideas out of my head or your head and notate them in print and of course in the accessible format so that, and I'll demonstrate how I can write a melody and then print or braille it up and give it to the sighted or the blind musician. So, on my table in front of me, I have a laptop. I also have a little two octave MIDI controller keyboard, a piano kind of keyboard if you will. I have a braille display and I have a scanner. It's a regular old Canon USB scanner. On the scanner I have a piece of print music. Those in the room can see it. It's good old, you know, lines and spaces and notes and all that stuff. Okay, so <clears throat> we're going to scan it with the SharpEye program. These programs are separate, but they do, as you'll see, kind of flow one into the next. We're going to begin with SharpEye. Alt menu, file menu, open image, dot, 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 control, plus I. To navigate, press up or down arrow, P. Okay, I'm going to the file menu. I'm going to go to acquire. SharpEye 2, scan beer, select source, convo box, document left, parent, grayscale, right. We always scan in grayscale. You don't want to scan the music in color. All tests, preferences, dot, 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 button to activate, press spacebar, scan beer, scanning, dot, 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 dialog, scanners warming up, dot, 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 do not open the document cover, cancel button to activate, press spacebar, cancel button to activate, press spacebar, 3%. Sharp Okay, now we've basically just taken a picture of the of the music, but now 
we have to read that image and SharpEye is going to convert it into, you know, well, there are these groups of five horizontal lines. Some of them are intersected by these ovals. Some of them are filled in. And it's going to basically interpret the graphic music into digital music. Alt R, menu R, leaving menus, tab, OK space, untitled dash sharp IT. Okay, so now I'm reading the score. Running 80% complete. Selecting modify with left button zero rhythm warnings. Okay, there's zero warnings, that's good news. But that doesn't always happen. But in this case, this, this music usually scans pretty well. But we're going to listen back to it to make sure there aren't any other problems. Alta, menu bar, L, leave it. Okay, that sounded pretty good. Now, uh, had there been uh, difficulties, I'll scan something else in a minute, maybe, and you'll see. Um, but. As a blind person, um, remember, this is a mainstream piece of software. It was developed by a sighted guy for sighted people. So if there are errors, you really need a sighted musician who can reprint music and use a computer who can fix them up. Now, once that person has some experience, you can fix most errors pretty quickly. And most of the time it might be, well, we're in 3A time, but this measure has four beats. Which note is the wrong <laughs> you know, wrong length. Uh, so we have a basic problem. We can't look at the original <laughs> score and say, "Oh, it's you know you have uh, you, you have a, uh, I don't know, a quarter note here and it should be an eighth note." If I could see the original score, I probably wouldn't be scanning it to turn it into an accessible score, right? So, bottom line here, the takeaway is it wouldn't be fair to buy this software for a blind student and say. Hey, we got you this great software. Here's a stack of music, scan your music for next week. Uh, you're going to need some support in that area. But as I said, this scan with no errors and lots of music does. But sooner or later, you're going to have a problem. So just as a heads up. If, All right. uh, if you scan a, a thing and it still has warnings, are you able to play it even with those warnings in there? Yes. Okay. But as you, as you all know, learning something wrong the first time is really kind of miserable. If you memorize it the wrong way, uh, it's hard to, to fix. Yeah, but, okay, so I'm going to go to the file menu of SharpEye, Alt -F, menu. select F. a menu item called NIF, and then save and open the temp file. F. Leaving menus, scanstar dash SharpEye 2, 6 dot braille, lime allowed scripts version 9.05.0 active to begin. Press control plus O file. You know, so see, <coughs> as soon as I did that, uh, SharpEye said, uh, oh, here's a, here's a file for you, uh, Windows. Windows said, oh, uh, let's give this to Lime, and Lime opened up. And we're importing the music into Lime. I'm going to hit enter and clear this import dialog. Enter six to new piece, new piece, part under line one dash one, bar one beat one, triple clef, two sharp C major, three, eight time, piano, F sharp five eight slur to next. Okay. So you get a lot of information on the first note. It told us the treble, the, the clef, the time signature, a uh, bunch of stuff. But the last thing it said was F sharp five eighth slurred to next. And that's exactly what the first note of the piece is. On my braille display right now, I see the braille music for the first 
few measures of this little piece, and it's scored out for piano. So I see a measure number, I see the right hand sign, I see a dynamic mark of piano, and then I see the actual braille music note. And uh, you can feel the braille uh, cells for that note kind of bouncing up and down. Um, that's how I know where I am. Now if I press, we kind of made the navigation keys on the numpad kind of what you'd expect in, in most screen readers like JAWS or any other screen reader where if you press 6 on the numpad generally that's also a right arrow and it tends to move you to the next character in a word. This moves you to the next <laughs> note. So I'm going to press 6 E2, E5, H, slur to next. We played E, and you heard uh, the speech say that's B2, and it's an E, it's in the fifth octave, that's what the five means, and it's an eighth note, and it's slurred to the next note too. I'll press the right arrow again. E3, D5, H, slur to next. Now they're soft because we have this piano dynamic. I'm going to delete that just for a second. B1, piano, edit, type, escape, and okay. B2. Now I'm a little louder. B3. D5, 8, slur to next. I'm okay, just hitting the next, uh, the right arrow. Bar 2, B1, E5, quarter dotted. So it's giving me all that information. It's in Braille on my Braille display and it's in print. Where are the sighted people in the room? Can you see this little screen beside me? Yeah. There's music on the screen. The same exact information. So what we've done is we, we've broken down the barrier between blind musicians and sighted musicians who want to read music in music notation. The sighted person can't say to me, well, I don't read that Braille stuff, so I'm sorry, we can't work together. And I can't say, well, I don't read that print stuff, so there's nothing we can do, right? No, it's now integrated. We have the Braille, we have the print, we have the sound of the note, and we have the, um, we have the verbal description. Now, I can go through this piece note by note. I can go down to the left hand and hear that. Let's move back to the beginning. Card underline 1-2. Beat, bar 3, beat 1, D4, quarter. That's the left hand, right? Bar 4, beat 2. Bar. I can also, just by holding down the control key and hitting those same uh, cursor keys, I can hear all the parts together. Speed, speed, spark, speed, speed. B2, B3, bar 8, B1. There we go. Bar B2, B3, bar 10, B. So there you can hear where notes sound together. And um, that's kind of nice because I love Braille music, but one of the challenges is to read things. Reading left to right kind of is, is fairly easy. But reading top down, seeing what notes are in a chord, um, it's not like print music where it's all stacked up vertically. For example, you may have a dotted quarter note against, say, six sixteenth notes, and sometimes um, the note that, that sounds in the chord is not physically underneath the note <coughs> that it sounds with. I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but let's just say it's not always vertically aligned. This is a way to hear it. I can hear that and say, okay, what are the notes in that? E5 quarter dotted. There's that one, E5 quarter dotted. Part underline 1 dash 2, G4 8 slur to net. And there's a G below it. And together they sound like. Of course, we can go back to the beginning here and 
We can listen to it first note and peak at any tempo. Let's hear the here dialogue in, in line. PC cup blank. Let's hear it. Blank. Title is line. Bar bar one beat one. Tread here menu. Here dot eight dot braille. Here dialogue percent of mark tempo colon edit one hundred. Now let's say you're still learning this piece. It's very handy to slow it way down. Let's slow it down seventy percent. Seven zero. Enter six dot braille. So that way you can you can also um, you know just solo one part and learn that. Um, now let's turn it into a braille score. You can see braille on my display. There's even a braille window. I don't know if you can see that sight of people here. Braille. There's a braille window that has the braille font of the music as well. Yeah. But I'm going to. That's because Goodfield's kind of running in the background. Line is a notation that has been running in the foreground. Now I'm going to. Do a couple things and then bring good feel to the foreground. I'm going to give the piece a title. Annotation 8 dot braille title. Etcher 6 dot braille. It's called Lem Dialogue. Allegretto. A L. Blank. Continue button. Space. New piece. Page one of one. Hard under. I was in the wrong place in the line saying, hey, you have to be at the beginning to give a title. Annotate dot braille title. Etcher 6 dot braille. Okay. Um, G. Libretto. Title. O. Title for piece colon edit Allegretto. Allegretto? Okay. Well, that's close enough. Enter. Allegretto. Doesn't speak Italian that well. All right. And then I'm going to tell uh, the software it's for piano. Because sure if I call it part one, part two, I'm going to call it piano. Voice and eight. Parts and voices dialogue. At I'm going to rename it. Altar. Dialogue. Rename part colon edit. Type. I. O. Enter six dot braille. Parts and voices dialogue. At this point in the piece, arrange parts and voices as follows. Colon list box. Staff one colon piano dash one. One of two. To move to it. Staff two colon piano dash two. Ed. Dialogue. New piece. Page one of one set. Okay, now, now I've, I've given it a title. I've told... Line that it's for piano, and I'm going to go to the file menu of line. Launch Goodfield. Multi. Launch Goodfield. I'm going to launch Goodfield. Eight dot braille. Graphics save line pieces. Colon dialogue. I'll just give it a test name. Graphics tab. Yes button to line. TST dot lim. Piano dash one. TST dot lim. Piano dash one. Title is Goodfield Intermediate Dialogue. Okay, here's good. We basically passed the music from live to Goodfield. Goodfield came in. Tap. Goodfield has a few comments. Note colon no initial tempo slash metronome mark. There's no metronome marking. That's just a warning. There's no problem about that. Warning colon no double bar then. Goodfield will add one. Goodfield's going to add a double bar at the end. End of list. Okay. So I'm just going to press Alt-P to process. Alt-P. Braille destination. Braille. And I'm going to look at it in our Braille viewer. Enter. TST.GF-VR. Okay, and here it is on my Braille display, and it's in Braille font on the screen. It says the title is Allegretto. It's for keyboard. It's all centered nicely. Blank. Percent percent number C. And then, uh, doesn't make any sense, but percent percent means two sharps. 
and number C, eight, it's three eighth time. And then you start to see the actual braille music. Um, for the right hand, fa, mi, re, mi, fa, mi, re, mi, and in the left hand we have, uh, re, so, fa, mi, re, so, and so forth. It's all there with the slurs and the dynamic marks and all those wonderful things and music. And now we, we can emboss it, right, and we come back into line. Alt F4. I'll close good feel. Alt X, six dot braille. Now we're back to line. I could play it back in line, and this is a study technique. You could take your braille score and read as you listen in line. And remember, you can slow it way down to any tempo you like with that here dialogue. So, um, let's, um, here. So, again, we can slow it down by about 60%. Zero. Enter TST dot. And I could be reading my hard copy braille and going along. And Escape. memorizing the music, because sooner or later, unless you're a singer, you will memorize braille music. But the, the nice thing is you are actually memorizing the music. You're seeing the actual notes, the places where you're supposed to get soft, get loud, where things are slurred, where they're staccato, meaning kind of broken. There's silence and space between the notes. Uh, so you're seeing the music. You are not listening to someone else's interpretation of them seeing the music. You're seeing the music, and you're deciding how to play it. Um, so the other cool thing is I can actually compose music now because this software is not, not only for reading but for writing music. So if I'm, especially if I'm majoring in music or I take a music class and the teacher tells me I have to write um, a piece in you know, 4-4 four, four time in the key of C minor, and it's supposed to be for clarinet. All right, I, I can do that. So I'm going to go to File New. Alt F, File Menu, New dot etcher, 8 dot braille, line dialog, close C colon backslash, Alt Y, 6 dot braille. Okay, so that brings up the new piece dialog, which asks me some... Create a new piece colon edit 16. Uh, Shift tab 16. Six shift tab tab cancel button to activate press spacebar 16. Number of measures edit 16. Type and text. Number of measures in my new piece. Uh, I'll say 24 just for fun. Two, four, tab. Beats per measure edit four. Type and text. I'm going to keep it at four four times. Tab. I'm going to have four measures of print tab. music on each. Measures line. per system edit four. Type and text. Four measures per print system. Doesn't affect the braille at all, but of course, remember, we're going to be able to print this out and give it to our sighted clarinet player. Tab. Systems per page. Edit. Four. Type and text. How many lines of music do you want on each page? I'm going to say eight. Eight. Tab. Name for first part and piece. Edit. L. R. N. T. Name for first part and piece. Colonet clarinet. Tab. First part in piece is a single staff. Tab. Okay. Button to add new piece. Clarinet. Bar one beat one. Triple clip. Zero sharp C major. Four. Four time. Okay. And now on my braille display, I just see a bunch of four measure rests because each each rest is uh, how many measures are in each line. You have four measures on each line, and they're all empty. 
So uh, let's see, I'm going to do something to tell it to kind of make a sort of clarinet sound. Annotation menu, 8.i. General MIDI is tab. Cancel button to X tab. Text colon R. Read tab. General MIDI is C. Clarinet. Enter SIP program 72. Look. Okay. And now, on my little two octave keyboard, I can play what sort of sounds like a clarinet. Okay, so I'm going to. Um, I can also type on the home row and hear. Uh, I'm typing keys now. And I'm just typing them on the PC keyboard. Okay, so um, I can enter notes one at a time in note entry mode. Note entry, note entry mode hole. Let's start with some good old quarter notes. Quarter. I can type the notes again on the, on the PC keyboard like this. Note entry, note entry mode quarter, B2. And you notice when I type it in, it tells me what I did and it moves me to the next place where I can enter another note. I'm going to switch to eighth notes. I'm just typing different keys on the uh, PC keyboard. Quarter dotted. Eighth. Uh, let's see. And now I'll just play on the good old musical keyboard. Note entry mode eighth, B2.5. B3. B3.5. Uh, let's go to 16th notes. 16. Note entry B4. Uh, let's go to 32nd notes. 32nd. Note entry no B4 B4 B4.5 B4.5 B4 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 part two B4 two B1. Uh, and then we'll just have a lot of fun. Thirty second dotted, doublet. <laughs> Note dot thirty second double dotted. Your greatest work, Bill. Yes, I know. I'm going for it. Doublet. Note doublet. I thought I could get to sixty fourth. Yes, yeah, they're the they're the grave accent key for some reason. Thank you. Sixty fourth. Um. So I'll make some 64 notes. Note entry, note beat one, beat beat one, 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 beat you might be able to do that. <laughs> 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 nope, I haven't practiced. Yeah, you're gonna have to really practice. That one out, yeah. Um, okay, so we can do a We're gonna go back to the beginning. And by the way, each First time, step. each time I enter the note, it appears in print, and it appears in braille. On my braille display, it appears in print on the screen. Um, so. Part one beats one. Back at the beginning, I'm going to play it back now. There you go. That's brilliant. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That does not sound that That sounded awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I played the clarinet, which I don't, I would probably have to practice a long time to be able to do that. But. I know what I wanted, and so I'm able to get it pretty quickly. I'm also able to just hit the print, the good old print command now, Control P, print it out, and give it to the clarinet player, and he can complain about all the things that I made him do. Like I can't play all those quick 64 notes, and what do you mean you want me to play three notes at the end? But um, you know, seriously, this kind of thing, when I 
this is this is what I call my geezer portion of my program. But this is like, you know, when I was young, I wish we had <laughs> But really, you know, when I was getting my degree in music 35 years ago, I, I would have loved to have this, because I used to have to sit there and say to a, a very well-meaning, wonderful classmate, you know, I'd buy him a cup of coffee and say the first note is uh, C below the staff quarter, and then it jumps up an octave, it's an eighth C on the third space, and then, and then I'd get to the rehearsal and I'd hear stuff I never composed because, you know, he thought I understood and I thought he understood, but there was a breakdown in communication. This is wonderful because I can see the braille, I can see the print, I have composed music with this software and given it to sighted people, including my wife, um, who plays the harp, including my son who plays the saxophone, and given them music, and they played it. And, it, and you know, the notes were there. And it's a very satisfying feeling to be able to do that. One time, actually when I was starting my company and I was transitioning, I took a commission to write a piece for a jazz festival, and it was a full jazz band with a string section and some extra brass and a harp. And it took me a while, but a friend of mine had uh, Finale, which is a wonderful program if you can see it. It's sort of like Lime. And I played everything in, and he printed it out, and, I, and there were sections to the piece. We thought we understood. Short story shorter, I got to the rehearsal. We had 45 minutes. We spent 25 minutes trying to figure out why some people seem to have an extra measure. And we found out that one of the sections for the strings was a measure shorter than for everybody else. And it was such a frustration because I just wanted to rehearse the piece. I wanted, you know, we had to perform it like in two hours. <laughs> and we spent most of our time not performing, not rehearsing, just crossing bars out and people running around with pencils and trying to figure out. And it was a terrible feeling as the composer and the arranger to feel so out of control because I had no braille score. I had it all in my head. And so, the, and so the second alto player would say, well, at measure 59, should I should that really be an F sharp? And at measure 59, first section, 12 measure, uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's actually really should be. So <laughs> now, I, after that experience, I said, I will never, ever, ever do this again until I know, until I have a braille score and you ask me a question and I can tell you right away. It's just... It's too frustrating not to be able to do that. So that's one of the things I feel really good about with our, our technology. I can give you that Braille score in a matter of seconds, and you can have your print score, and we don't have to guess at what should be where. So, um, okay, so that's sort of the notation for, um, for blind people. Now, as I mentioned, if you're in school like Rachel's in school now, one of the things we're working on is to form a team for her of people who can scan the music and get it ready for her so when she walks into class and the teacher hands out the worksheets or the, you know, the solfege pieces to everyone else, she will have the same information, um, which was a rare thing and I'm sure you the blind people in this room can relate, that doesn't usually happen, right? But we need to form a team so that 
Um, you know, in many schools, in, in colleges, it, it's a work-study situation, sometimes volunteers, but people who can take that music, do what I did with Sharp Eye, fix any errors, bring it into line, add in anything, like add the title at the minimum and tell it it's for clarinet or it's for piano, and um, produce a Braille score and give that line file to Rachel so she can also use JAWS to do what I did, review it, and you know, analyze chords and all those nice things. Pre-registration for the 2012 ACB Conference and Convention is just around the corner. Pre-register for the first ACB Leadership Institute, a day of growth and leadership training, July 6, 2012. This day-long workshop is designed to give emerging leaders within local, state, and special interest affiliates tools to inspire confident leadership. You will learn about everything from running effective meetings and improving communication skills to effective fundraising techniques and funds management. Members of ACB affiliates may apply to take part in this unique opportunity. The session is limited to 50 persons. If you are someone who wants to take a greater role in ACB or one of its affiliates but don't know where to start or aren't sure just what to do, this workshop is absolutely for you. Attendees will become the backbone of the Leadership Institute and encouraged to share similar training in their home area. Attendance is limited to 50 persons, so be sure to pre-register for this fabulous opportunity. The cost is $50 per person, which includes lunch and all training materials. Make your plans now to join us in Louisville, Kentucky on July 6th at the Galt House Hotel for the first Leadership Institute of the American Council of the Blind. For further information about this groundbreaking opportunity, please contact Burl Colley, Chair of the Leadership Institute Committee, at BLC0901 at Comcast. Dot net or call 360-438-0072. The following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Welcome to this demonstration of the light detector application from Everywhere Technologies. And I thought for this demonstration it was easy to show you several examples that I use the light detector app for at home so that you can get some idea of how it's used. And basically the way it works is that it uses the camera in the iPhone to detect light and the higher the tone, the brighter it is, the lower the tone, the dimmer it is. Now a couple of things to know about my house is because I've got cathedral ceilings and tiled floors you might notice a bit of echo when I'm doing the recording and also I have several skylights throughout my house so I will have to hold the camera towards my body so it stops picking up the skylights in the recording. So let me say that I've got my iPhone turned on, voiceover is running so let's find the app on the iPhone screen. Light detector. So one finger double tap to open. Light detector. Okay, I'm just going to point the phone towards my body. Okay, and let's go into the toy room 
and see whether the TV has been turned off after the boys have been using the Apple TV this morning. Okay, so I'm at the TV and let me run it over the screen. It's picked up a little bit of noise, which means the TV is actually left on. So I'm going to put it face down on the entertainment unit, find the off button and really turn the TV off. Okay, let's take the camera, the iPhone, back to the screen and run it up and down and it's all dark. Nothing's reacting. So I'll point it back towards my body. And by the way, the iPhone camera it's using is at the back of the iPhone. So basically I've got the iPhone camera facing my body to keep out the light. Let's walk into the kitchen and let me see whether the blinds are open to let light in. So what I'm going to basically do is run the camera up and down the blinds, not touching them of course, and see if it makes a strobing sound, which means that the blinds are open. So I'll do that now. So they're definitely open. Okay, so that's the blinds done. Let me walk out of the kitchen, across the lounge room, and now I'm at the beginning of the hallway, and this hallway has got two light switches, one at each end, and depending on where you are, you can turn either light switch on and off. Which way the switch is doesn't necessarily mean that the light is on or off. So let me just walk down to the other end, because that's where the light actually is on the roof. Okay, turning around. Okay, now I'm standing next to the other end of the hallway's light switch. Now basically in my hallway I've actually got a skylight in the ceiling as well. So when I point it at the ceiling, you're going to hear it detect the skylight. But we'll see what happens when I flick the switch, depending on which way it is, and see if the actual light frequency goes down or dimmer. Okay, so we'll do that now. So I'll point it at the ceiling. Okay, so there's the actual skylight. Now, let me flick the switch. I'm actually flicking it in the on position. Okay, so it's in the on position. It's actually just turned the light off because the tone's actually died down. Okay, so it actually works extremely well. Okay, let me just walk back into the lounge room to complete the demonstration. Okay, here we are back at our starting point in the lounge room. Take the photo away from myself. And basically what I'm going to now do is turn the application off by just pressing the home button. Home. Light detector. And we're out of the application. So a very useful application. And as you can see, you can use it in daylight. But I must say, I do use it at night time to make sure that the lights are turned off in the house before going to bed. So you can use it both in daylight time and at night time. If you've got any other questions about Apple accessibility, please contact the Adaptive Technology Help Desk at Vision Australia on 1300 847 466. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. All of us here on the Main Menu team consider your thoughts, questions, 
suggestions, and any other feedback that you may have very important. To interact with us on the show, you can send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. If you would like to find past show archives and more information about Main Menu, you can visit our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. If you would like to interact with us on Twitter and see all the latest show news, you can follow us by visiting www.twitter.com slash mainmenu or by following at mainmenu. If you would like to receive show announcements in your inbox and interact with other Main Menu listeners, you can subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list by sending a blank email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. If you're interested in other ACB Radio programming besides Main Menu, you can learn more about ACB Radio by visiting www.acbradio.org. If you would like to receive Main Menu as a weekly podcast, you can do so by subscribing to the Main Menu podcast feed with the URL http mainmenu rss.php You can also hear us by subscribing to Main Menu in the iTunes Store or by finding us in the iBlink radio app made by Serotech for iOS and Android-powered devices. Finally, we are heard on radio reading services from all over the world. The radio reading service in your state or country may already be carrying Main Menu every week. If you would like to receive announcements about the latest ACB Radio programming news, including Main Menu, you can subscribe to the ACB Radio announce-only mailing list by sending an email to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Finally, if you would like to interact with listeners of all ACB Radio programs, you can subscribe to the ACB Radio Friends List by sending a blank email to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Anytime that you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that you would like us to hear, please get in touch with us. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.